this is Connor. And this is Paul. And welcome to Silver Screamers. I silver screamed in times gone by. When life was good and the podcast was worth listening to. I kind of thought about maybe doing like a podcast, podcast, but then I thought, no, that'd be embarrassing. That would have been good. But you just did it. And we've been going red, the color of Connor's hair. (laughs) And this is your Les Mis podcast. Yeah, Les Miserables. Uh, And this is the third week of musicals. Musicals Musicals month. Musicals. That's been going on since 1992. (laughs) Yeah, so we've had Oliver, we've had that piece of shit nine, yeah, nine and now we're on to Les Miserables, Les Miserables. We're I, French. I had a, an idea because we're, we're not great with the productivity <laughs> oh, so not. I had an idea that I would put a Les Mis wallpaper on my phone so that every time I looked at my phone it would remind me oh we have to we have to, to get this shit done you've been doing that for every podcast haven't you no nine I did it for nine and now for this one but oh, yeah. um, didn't I just work. I just didn't work and I just got lots of people who would say to me randomly oh you really like Les Mis I guess <laughs> well in fairness we did have a lot of trouble getting Les Mis because we <laughs> the illegal thing didn't really work it was uh, the download was a shit quality so we said well we can't watch this because it'll just be irritating then Paul went to our local library well hang on this is an anecdote okay, okay. so I thought I should I tell this anecdote well, yeah, no, was, uh, your anecdote no it happened to me yeah, yeah. Fine. I thought well you know what let's be good members of the community let's get a DVD from the library which is the thing you can do uh, that no one ever does so I went to our local library and I asked them to, uh, did they have Les Mis, which they didn't, but they said they would order it for me. So I said, great. So it took about three weeks. <clears throat> and then I got a text saying, oh, your DVD is here for collection. So I went out to collect it. And the lady said, oh, that's grand, and went off to get it. And as soon as she went off, I just got, I just knew that this isn't the musical Les Mis. And wouldn't you believe... Well, it was, wasn't it? No. No. It was... Mm-hmm. A BBC adaptation of the novel from the 1970s, as a play, as, as a like a TV like like a drama. Like no, there's no music, no songs in it. Just like an oh. adaptation of the oh, book, like over know. like. I thought it was just a BBC version of the musical. No, it wasn't even a musical. It was just the adaptation of the novel, uh, the Victor Hugo novel. Name is, and I could see her coming with this huge, big, kind of box set thing, and I went. Oh, oh dear. And she handed it to me with, uh, with a big smile on her face, and I said, No. <laughs> I was looking for the musical name is. And she was like, Oh, right. So she says, Well, hang on. Let's see if I can find it. Um, so she tried to type it in name is, and, and she kept on doing it. Who, who in what library? Somebody put in a request for name is, and who in what library said, I bet it's the BBC version from 1995 that they're looking for? Well, what happened is she just probably put in Les Mis and saw it and ordered it. And then when she saw it in front of her, she just didn't think twice. So then she said she would get, she would try, she couldn't find it, but she said she she would try and get back to me. And I kind of went, you yeah, know, okay, that's, that's that. So I was kind of thinking, what are we going to do? And then lo and behold, about another week later, I got a text saying that my DVD had arrived and it was the musical version. However, and we got to only about 10 minutes in where that 
famous song I Dreamed a Dream it was on. before that it was when well there was a little it skipped a little bit at the start it skipped more than we realised when we skipped <laughs> more than we realised at the start it skipped about five minutes of it. and uh, but we said that's fine probably nothing happened yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's not important that's not important it's only the start and <laughs> so who needs the start of a story <laughs> and we continued on watching it and then it got to I Dreamed a Dream and skipped half that song three quarters of that song and Paul got very frustrated and was like I'm not watching this I'm not watching this if it's if it's going to be cutting off every song that's such an importance that's the scene that gave her the Oscar <laughs> and then we just and Connor was like we just see can we actually download it from Sky and yeah we did and, there. and it was grand so we probably so we could have had it weeks before <laughs> <laughs> That's what we'll do this, in the future. Three ninety nine. Three ninety nine. So uh, we we must set up a GoFundMe page. Yeah, yeah. And it's weird because we've watched this. I feel like this is one of the most commercial films that we've done. Like in terms of like we did Harold and the Mod, and we fa- we were able to find a copy of that. No bother. We did Nine, which was a big flop. We got a copy of that. No bother. It was weird that we weren't able to. Well, we did get a download of it, but it was just oh, really, it was a really terrible bad version of it. Quality, version, anyway. yeah. Not and that we download movies illegally or anything like that nope not us not here no we, we, no we don't we stream them illegally <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we didn't this time we paid 3.99 for this but uh yeah so um so welcome to lame is week after a very very long hiatus of uh, our podcasts i think maybe after this one we'll try and get them on itunes because so far we've just been putting on soundcloud and i feel we have enough episodes now that we could maybe been putting it on our own website silver screamers.com go visit it go check yeah, it but out I mean, I, I, it's not like people are randomly googling <laughs> you don't know websites. that Paul you don't know that well actually let's go to SoundCloud and see how many listens <laughs> three no family friends and fools I think the first episode has a few let me just see the first episode has a few because we told everyone to go and listen to it so and then they gradually get less and less and less I was googling we have six followers <laughs> nine has 22 listens. Oh, yeah. Oh, Oliver only is 14. So there you go. Nine is way more. That's f- Yvonne. That's our friend Yvonne listening to Nine. She loves that musical. But she didn't listen to it 22 times. I bet she fucking did. Yeah. Um, Escape from New York, only 13. Oh, there's a comment. We have a comment. <laughs> you clearly check these things regularly. Seems a little quiet over here. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Uh, oh no no that's because there's no comments on it and that's what the sound <laughs> <that> is saying <laughs> it said there was a comment I got excited there well, it was probably one of those comments on it. I didn't comment on it I didn't even know you could comment on SoundCloud and then we have Flatliners which has 12 listens okay so 9 has the most 9 lessons. has no uh, Donnie Darko has 30 and uh, our intro has 42 but 9 is the most 42 listens for our intro yeah and then like a bunch of people Donnie Darko is 30 Meryl Mod is 15 and then 9 is 22 like I mean this is so embarrassing like we're happy about 22 listens for a podcast I'm delighted with 22 listens um, yeah no that is good actually I shouldn't be downplaying it and we have a comment that I think maybe someone deleted it <laughs> <laughs> Because it did say comments there. Anyway, 
There you go. So, yeah, and there you go, like, nine was our ranty episode, so maybe people like... Maybe people like when we don't like a movie because we rant about it more rather than... Because actually, in fairness, most of the films we've watched we've actually quite enjoyed. I, I, I think enjoy nine is the only one that didn't have any redeemable qualities. Well, I had some redeemable qualities, but it's the only one that... I don't think you were too... No, it, no, it's... it's I, I, I gassed. No, I wasn't aghast at it, but it, it's the only one that I think we, we weren't fond of collectively well I wasn't fond of uh, leaving Las Vegas mm, or not leaving Las New Vegas New York New, uh, yeah escape from New York yeah okay spoiler alert for a future podcast uh, yeah so maybe after this we can because we haven't put it on any uh, social media at all so maybe after this episode now we can start doing that that might encourage yeah, us to see. podcast a bit the last more. time we actually tried to put it on YouTube before and then uh Apple obviously said, uh, this is too infrequent and it seems like just a little bit of a hobby, so no. <laughs> so we said, well, we built up some content and now it's like eight months later or something. Well, we do have a couple of episodes Remember now. in our first podcast, we said, we're going to try this every week. Every week. Every week. I mean, I'm, I am I listen to a lot of podcasts and a lot of them are film ones or book. But there's one I listen to that's a book podcast and they podcast every week week that's reading a week read a book every week well they take it in turns so i guess every two weeks so to say this would be my book i would tell you about the book and you would ask me questions and you and then next week you your book i would ask you questions so it's but that's still a book every two weeks it's a huge amount of work so it's overdue by the way it's a (laughs) it's overdue by the way it's a really good podcast i like and their 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 output is fantastic and there's another, another podcast called the bechdel cast that i quite like and they do a film every week and like a film isn't that Bechtel is in the Bechtel test. Yeah, yeah, they 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 review all their films with the lens of the Bechtel test. It's really good, but they every week they have a new episode. So, I mean, I know watching a film isn't that much, but it's watching the film then we sitting do other down stuff during the week. and yeah. recording it and then editing it and then uploading it. And like we live together, though all these people don't. I know these <laughs> people go to studios no and stuff. <laughs> we have no excuse. Even Alaska and Willem have a weekly podcast. To a, a bi-weekly podcast twice a week over Skype or something yeah yeah yeah. Alaska did it from Dublin from, Dublin, from our hotel room in Dublin a few weeks ago well, they are they're that's, drag queens uh, by the way that's wasted 11 minutes of our podcast so that's um, uh, yeah actually I was, I was thinking <laughs> oh we'll get straight into the movie this week but there you go uh, so uh, okay so uh, we have to do our review our two minutes mm. and um, well bef- bef- before we kind of go into that maybe just I want to ask you your, your history with the musical like, I watched it three days ago. No, but I mean, you knew a lot of the songs. Oh, well, I only knew the songs. I'd never seen the stage production, and I still haven't. And <coughs> and the reason I knew some of the songs was um, because my parents are in a musical society, the Rathmines and Rathgar Musical Society. They're not anymore. They're kind of retired from it now, but it's still going. And um, they would do, occasionally would do concerts uh, where they take selection of songs from different musicals and... Uh, occasionally Les Mis would be in there and obviously Subo on Britain's Got Talent yeah. nailing it out of the park I, if I'm really honest that that's how I know Dream to Dream. Dream to Dream that's how I know that song I knew it before that but I I wasn't as I suppose I wasn't as familiar with Les Mis and that song until Subo came along yeah no not at all uh, Les Mis was a musical that um, I never wanted to see the film until I saw it on stage because it's kind of, I think it's kind of one of the great, kind of consi- considered one of the big greats of West End or Broadway. Is that fair to say, right? Oh, I would imagine so. Yeah. yeah. And I just, when the film came out in 2012, I think, I wanted to 
I avoided it and I wanted to I just wanted to see it on stage first and um, last Christmas I brought my dad for his birthday well it was his birthday in June and I got the tickets in June for his uh, and it, it landed around Christmas and so I saw the last Christmas for the first time and I really only knew Dream the Dream um, and uh, I got the tickets the day they were released uh, I guess June or May probably before um, and they were about 60 or we had great seats but uh, it was sold out like even though it was in the theatre for like I think about six weeks it was sold out and the tickets were going online for like a thousand euro isn't that crazy for a thousand euro yeah yeah for the seats in Borgosh Borgosh yeah for seats the equipment Borgosh for all our international (laughs) listeners (laughs) Dubo personally is is Susan Boyle who sang on Britain's Got Talent I feel I need to clarify this for as if Susan Boyle some of those you know 22 or 40 listeners could be international Paul they may not realise who these people are and the Borgosh Energy Theatre is a I don't know how many seats would it seat like Um, 500 no more I'd say it's a thousand thousand maybe a thousand people but I mean compared to the West End it's small oh I would say it's the theatre is equivalent to any West End stage but we only have one where they have like 50 Oh, I wouldn't have thought so. Oh, I mean, yeah. I, I, I was going to see Shrek, and it was a, it was a big mm-hmm. theatre. I saw Adrian Mole only a few weeks ago in a tiny theatre, so like it varies. Yeah. I think it's I think it's a, it's a lovely theatre. I don't think... A thousand euro, though, for the Borgosh. Would you be bothered? Well, obviously, people are. I mean, I don't know, was it that the first time it was in the Borgosh theatre? It was the first time Les Mis was in Ireland? Um, it was the first time? I don't know. I don't think I don't so. know, but... Um, yeah. I remember seeing posters for it around... Dublin before yeah I don't know well, there you go there's obviously um, the demand yeah but like I got the tickets on the day they released and I didn't it wasn't like I got them the second they, Not the, it wasn't the day they released it was within the first week or two they released like it wasn't like I needed to clamber for them so I brought my dad and um and were they selling for a thousand euro then? I mean there obviously wasn't a second hand like you know it sold out so people were selling their tickets oh, the like, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah yeah that's what I mean yeah but it wasn't no, my it, tickets are only 60 euro. It wasn't like, that's one. you know, went on sale on Ticketmaster and then three minutes later it sold no, out. No, 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 it wasn't. But yeah, so that's my, that, yeah, so th- that was my first time. I, I went into the musical blind. I had a rough idea of the story just because the story is kind of part of kind of our culture. I think most of us kind of an idea of it, but I wouldn't have known the songs. I would have just known Dream of Dream. To be honest, I knew the songs, but didn't really know the story until I watched it. Yeah. Um, well, I knew it was set around the French Revolution, but I didn't really know what else happened. In it's it. not actually. It's um, what's that after the French? Yeah, Revolution. yeah. Uh, maybe we'll talk about that in a little bit. We we do the story. So, all right. I think it's your go, isn't it? Yeah, I haven't done any practice for this, and I did. I went through it last last. Yeah, night, I just mean, I, but but I mean, there's a lot happens in this for two minutes. I couldn't even get Oliver, and there's a lot more that happens in this than Oliver. Street time periods in this ah <laughs> uh, yeah but you can you, okay. you can brush over it like I mean the, well, there's 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 about three or there's like four or five key bits okay yeah okay I'm just gonna have the car- the, the cast in front of me so I can have I've got two minutes 30 seconds out of nine for god's sakes only about two well, things that's because not that much happens in that I'm not worried about filling the time I'm worried about not oh yeah true yeah I know <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Okay. Uh, two minutes and forty seconds. Last time you did this, it was two hours and forty seconds. Don't do that again, please. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> and just, I'm going to use the actors' names rather than the characters because that's they're on the tip of my tongue. I think I do that as yeah, well. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. 
If you want to know their names, go and we'll, we'll talk about them in end time. <laughs> for the okay, five, four, three, two, one, go. Okay, so Hugh Jackman is uh, finishing a 19-year hard labor in France a few years after the French Revolution uh, for stealing a bit of bread. And Russell Crowe is like, now lift that thing, and he lifts it, and he's strong. And then Russell Crowe is like, okay, you can go now, but you have to have this piece of paper. And he can't get a job anywhere because it says he's a convict. And then he steals some things from a priest, and the priest is like, no, you're a good man, don't steal things. And Hugh Jackman's like, okay, you're right, I am a good man, I won't steal things, but I am going to rip up my paper and in the future he owns a factory and maybe is a mayor i'm not sure about that we'll talk about that later and there's a few ladies working in the factory and one of them um, has an illegitimate child living in another home that she just needs to earn money for and she gets fired for some for reasons and uh she's down on her luck and she has to become a sex worker and she's very badly abused as a sex worker and she gets all upset and she dreams a dream and she's worried she's not going to be able to f- uh, have money for her daughter and then hugh jackman sees her and feels sorry for her but she dies and then he's like oh i'm gonna have to save her daughter so he does he takes her daughter away from um helimo and carter and and borat and um uh and then but also russell crowe is like hey you've stole bread you just go back to jail and he's like no no i, I have the little girls look after her, and they're running around and then in the future they have a nice big house really in the same city that he's a convict and i don't know why it doesn't move we'll talk about that later and uh she falls she becomes amanda siegfried from mean girls and she falls in love with eddie redmayne and they, even though they only see each other for a minute and then he's about to be in part of this war uh this revolution how are we for time okay we're a minute left we're okay we're okay um so so he's on the run Hugh Jackman and he then just after she meets Eddie Redmayne he's like no we have to go to this house and she's like oh no and he's like yeah we do and Eddie Redmayne's like oh well because I'm not in love anymore I'll join this revolution and he gets an, uh, his, he has a girl that loves him but then she dies so then she says oh I have a letter I can't have this yeah, there's a letter from her Amanda Siegfried that she gets that's some complicated keep on, letter keep on, thing keep on. anyway this letter gets to Hugh Jackman instead of telling his daughter he decides to go to the revolution just to keep an eye on him and that's when Russell Crowe comes but then he has a chance to kill Russell Crowe but he doesn't kill Russell Crowe because he's a good man and Russell Crowe is like but he had a chance to kill me uh, why didn't he kill me and he can't commit suicide because he's very fragile and oh that's terrible community suicide isn't a fragility I'm just saying that Russell Crowe's character is fragile but anyway uh, Hugh Grant uh, Hugh, uh, Hugh Jackman uh, rescues Eddie Redmayne doesn't tell him for some reason Eddie Redmayne comes alive and he gets married to Amanda uh, what's her face um, and they find out then that that that, uh, that that Hugh Jackman saved them and he's like oh you're a saint and he's like yeah I am a saint but now I'm dying but it's okay because Anne Hathaway yeah that's, that's not helpful Anne Hathaway in heaven is like all Fine. I wanted was my fontine to the, uh, my, my corsette to be uh, like looked after and you did that and they all go to heaven and they live happily ever after the end I'm actually really proud of that I think that's yeah, my best that. one yeah. so far and I, I even insulted people I know sorry about that no I didn't mean that and also I don't really think anybody listening to that would catch the entire story but no wasn't that. that was a lot better than my Oliver one <laughs> <laughs> Um, I felt it wasn't as top heavy as it normally no, is. Oh, yeah, you're right. You, you moved it along quite nicely. You didn't spend the first minute and a half on the first two minutes. Of and I movie. could have because there's a lot that happens in that minute and a half. I think when we did Oliver and when we did Nine, I mean, there seems to be a thing with musicals. Musicals seem to work well with like ensemble casts because everyone kind of gets one song. And what we did with those episodes where we, we kind of focused each on on the character like we did a bit on each character and the songs they sing do you think that might work for this sure let's do that uh well the first character we're introduced to and the main character i suppose is hugh jackman's jean valjean Jean Valjean, and uh his rivalry with javert who is the 
I don't know what he is. He's kind of, he's kind of like the a constable or... He's like, like the chief of police. Kind chief of, of police, I suppose, yeah. for Paris, is it? Yeah, it is Paris, yeah. Even though everyone speaks in a Cockney accent. <laughs> yeah. Lovely ladies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, yeah. I don't know. It, do you think that works? It does work, yeah. It's, I suppose, that's, yeah. That's the part of it. That's, I mean, that's copying the musical. Uh, I think there's kind of a tendency in any of these kind of things that are set in countries that aren't England where if we go back in time like if you look at War and Peace the posh people have Shakespearean accents the common people have Cockney accents yeah. and it's just a shortcut of because no, they do have making it. you think that they're meant to be lower class yeah. or whatever yeah. yeah so lower class people have Cockney accents upper class people have Shakespearean Queen's English. Queen's English yeah like Lord of the Rings kind of does it not Lord of the Rings well Lord of the Rings does do it actually yeah, that's Cockney accents not Cockney but they have kind of regional accents like the Hobbits all have like Frodo like or Yorkshire Frodo or there's one of them with a Scottish accent isn't there yeah. yeah I mean I think Game um, of Thrones does it as well a bit you kind of forget about it and you it kind of works it. but uh, at the same time you're like this is that in France could they do shouldn't they be doing like French did, did War and Peace do it as well the BBC War and Peace I, I don't think there were any lower class people. No, all <laughs> people. And yeah, you kind of think though that um, these ladies of the night that you're introduced, like they, that they should have French accents, but maybe it's more difficult to portray the sort of vulgar yeah. place. It's very kind of like where um, the ladies of the, the lovely where poor Fantine ends up. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we're getting a bit off topic. Um, yeah, Hugh Jackman. <laughs> he's like Hugh Jackman has a very he's very skilled at playing a decent skin. Like he he's like he's he's very wholesome. very wholesome. And I think Hugh Jackman as a person is a very nice gentlemanly yeah, man. So, yeah. so I, it's funny that his first role was Wolverine, and he was really good at Wolverine. But I don't think that was more of a push for him I think his more natural role is something like this or in British Home yeah and he, he, well, he he's originally like uh, musicals isn't he yeah like well yeah, no, yeah I do have thoughts on his voice but um, yeah he is yeah and I think he is good he's a good showman and he's he's able to do things in fi- uh, with his characters that aren't particularly nice but he's so nice he's so wholesome that you kind of realise well he's just doing like in this like he's quite controlling of Cosette. Yes. Um, and, uh, and actually that control is because of him. Because yeah, oh, absolutely, role. yeah. Um, he's very controlling of her, even though he... D- but but he, loves her. He adores her, yeah. and his wholesomeness overrides his controlling behaviour. And they don't that, really explore... That doesn't justify it, but... They it don't just, explore that No, they don't at all, no. Really. Because actually, when it comes to it, you know, it does skip, what, ten years or something in between. So it's only know. five, actually. Is it? Yeah, I think she's meant to be 10 and then 15. So you kind of, it skips that period of time anyway, and you don't really see what happened in that. But she doesn't seem resentful of him. No, it's not at all. Which kind of makes me feel that maybe, like, and and when it comes to it, when she has somebody who's interested in her who seems to really love her, he's very much willing to. Oh, he's not at all possessive of her. No, No, that's true. It it could be a source of, I mean, the book was written, you know, a hundred years ago. So that could just that probably wasn't seen as being possessive at all at the time. Um, in fact, it's probably I think it was quite a liberal 
story insofar as it, it portrayed you know sex workers and working class people as sympathetic um now so the the paris uprising is 1932 eight, eight, eight years after eight years after he rescues her and the so she's maybe 18 1832 and it starts off in around 1806 yeah so there's three time jumps um, or two times so it's, it's three it's times. Ten, it's about seven years after the revolution. The revolution is like seventeen ninety. Yeah. Something. Well, it lasted ten years, so I think it ended and in seventeen ninety. Yeah. Something. Yeah. And then this is set starting in eighteen, eighteen ten or something. Um, eighteen fifteen. It starts in eighteen fifteen. Eighteen fifteen, and then it goes to eighteen thirty two. Then the last time zone is eighteen thirty two. Yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of three different uh, times. The first one is uh, is very small. It's really just him escaping jail. So Hugh Jackman's character in this, I mean, he's he spent nineteen years in as a slave, not in, in jail, like as a slave, slave labor. Yeah. For stealing a loaf of bread. Uh, he broke a wi- he broke a window to get the bread. Yeah, but actually, the they don't they say that he was given five years or five years, years for that, five years and then the other fourteen for trying to escape, yeah. for trying to run. Um, yeah. and they never met for his sister's child and they never go into they don't give you any kind so of no I understand the book so I am the implication is they're long dead which is really sad I mean the, sto- <laughs> the story I wonder like it's it's been translated into English apart from the title and I wonder did they keep the title French because literally just means they're miserables <laughs> who wants to it's a terrible title who i think the wretched is another english translation the wretched, yeah. who wants to read a book called the wretched <laughs> Ooh, just a bit of soft reading before bed uh so hugh jackman so he's on the run the entire time through it yeah. from javert who is russell crowe's character and they have a they have this kind of cat and mouse yeah game going on throughout the whole movie um, uh, but but Hugh Grant, uh, Hugh Grant, <laughs> I'd love to see this with Hugh Jesus. Grant. <laughs> Hugh Jackman is 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 very like I mean he has a chance to to kill um, Javert and he doesn't and he never he just wants them to leave him alone. But I don't understand and this again this is a problem with the book or or with the dra- you know the actual story not the musical you can't blame the musical. Why does I mean France is a big country why does he stay in Paris? Well, I don't think he does. Like, does he not move? Oh, well, I suppose... He, I think he leaves Paris and then goes back to Paris, is it? Well, I think at that 10-year period that it jumps, I think he's kind of left and gone off, and then he comes back. Well, the house that he has with Cosette... So, okay, hang on. Yeah, he, he makes his money, and he's a, he's a fa- he owns that factory. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. And well, in he doesn't make his money. He, he, he steals a load of silverware from a bishop and then sells it. Oh, is that how he... That's how he funded his business. From, from some candlesticks, all right. That's good investment. But it, was, it was silver. Yeah, silver. okay, fair enough. And it wasn't just candlesticks, it was a lot of other stuff. Um, okay. Well, he, doesn't he still have the candlesticks at the end? He keeps the yeah, candlesticks. Yeah, he keeps the candlesticks. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Um, yeah, he's a good... Obviously, he's got a good head and shoulders. In the mu- I was listening to the musical soundtrack in the car today, and I remember this from the musical last year when I saw it, and I don't remember it in the film. Is he a mayor? I think he's a mayor in the musical. I he says there's something about being a mayor, but I don't know if that's actually he, if he's actually a mayor or if it's just that he's a very successful businessman, so he's kind of very well respected in the town or whatever. They say, he says he's a mayor in the definitely in the Broadway soundtrack. I don't know if he says it in. I don't remember. I don't remember him saying it in the film either, which to me sounds like keep a low profile, man. 
Well, yeah. Talking about politics. But, okay, so that's fine. So he has a factory, and then that all happens. And then he gets this house. He runs, he gets caught again in this time period, and he gets Cosette, and he runs away. And he starts life up again with Cosette. And he has this lovely house. And then he gets... So he's kind of... He's, he's, Javert has found out that he's who he is. Yeah. And is, so Hugh Jackman's character has kind of... He was on a lifelong probation and tore up his papers. He had to check in every week or something and just says, fuck that, I'm off out of here and I'm setting up my business. I'm going to be a good man now. Uh, so fuck them police. So, but the house then that he gets with Cosette... Where she that meets Eddie Redmayne, so the house with the lovely yeah. gates. That's on the outskirts of Paris, I imagine. I suppose. Well, it is because that's because Eddie Redmayne goes to the house from his hideout where the revolution is, and he sees her, and then he and then his friends, um, the girl that's in love with him, accidentally leads Sasha Baron Cohen and his horse to the house, and that's why Hugh Jackman goes on the run again. Yes. So that that I find weird. Why does he stay in the house after he's already seen Russell Crowe in Paris, and he goes back to his house? Is, is he planning on just staying in the house forever? Well, I suppose. I mean, Paris is a big place, and particularly back in eighteen thirty, whatever. I mean, it's probably yeah. highly unlikely that you're going to run. Into I, I just found like, why would you go to if you if you have money and you can keep a low profile? Do. <laughs> <laughs> but I, like, I suppose was he a bit reclusive because he was living in this uh, almost like a manor estate yeah it was like a manor um, but Cosette didn't seem to be able to leave you know and no yeah it's like and then yeah yeah Hugh Jackman is obviously a good singer he's, he's, he is a good singer okay he's a good singer but my favourite song in this I said a lot earlier on I said the only song I knew was I Dreamed a Dream I also know Bring Him Home yeah, I don't think he sings it well. It's a very challenging song. To it's sing. an and incredibly it's challenging song, and he can't do it. Well. And it's out of his range. It's I think way out of his range. Yeah. I was listening to it in the. They brought the. I think if I'd heard him sing that song and never heard the song before, I would go, "It's fine, mm. it's fine." But I I know that song quite well. From there's an Irish singer who sings that song. Do you know who that is? He's like a famous Irish singer. And that's like his his big song that he always sings and then I was listening to the Broadway or the West End the original West End soundtrack and it's sung so beautifully on those versions and I think Hugh Jackman sounds awful on that song it wasn't it wasn't you thought so as well I thought you were going to argue in that no 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 I didn't think I well I think he sang it fine up until sort of the the last range goes very high it's so beautiful when it's It's sung well it's pretty when it's yeah but he doesn't he's struggling at that point bring him (laughs) yeah you know Hugh Jackman could be one of those 40 listeners well Hugh Jackman you couldn't do it sorry You were, I, but I do think no. That being said, every other song I think he did well, and he was he was really good in the. He got an Oscar nod for this, an Oscar nomination. Mm. I think there was eight Oscar nominations for this, three wins. Yeah, but only two performance. Three performances, um, and he didn't win. No. Um, and I don't think he deserved to win, but I think he deserved the nomination. Um, let me actually see who beat him that year. I just want to curious to see who beat him. Any guesses? I'm going to say the guy from that silent film. No, it was uh, Daniel Day-Lewis beat him for Abraham Lincoln, which I've never seen. 
I haven't seen it either. Apparently, he was brilliant. He, in it. he was up against. Daniel Day Lewis has only done like ten movies, or and something. he's won three Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> he's oh, won. Achiever. He's won. He was uh, Bradley Cooper. He was nominated. Uh, Hugh Jackman was up against Bradley Cooper for Silver Lining Playbook, Joaquin Phoenix for The Master, and Denzel Washington for Flight. I've not seen any of them. Not one of them. So I can't say who I think should have won, but I imagine Daniel. That was pre Paul watching Oscar movies. It was. I think just pre. That's all I have to say about Hugh Jackman. I think he was really, apart from that one song that I think he did quite poorly on. Mm. I think he did. He was. I can't. Oh, that's his big song, isn't it? It's his big song. Yeah. But if I'm being, to be fair, he's a star, and he did great in every other part of the role. I don't know who. By the way, when he he doesn't miss the notes, at you know in that high range, he does hit them. It just sounds kind of strange. <laughs> Yeah. Do you want, will, we, will we actually play the two versions beside each other and just compare? Okay, so this is Hugh Jackman. There's a big note. Like, I could do much better. <laughs> Here we are. Okay, yeah, he, does he, he, he does hit it. And it's, a hard, it's not an easy like, nose. I mean, it's hardly going to... They were, they were hardly going to put the movie out there if he didn't hit it. Well, yeah. Like he, went, he did hit it, but... I would be really curious to see how he sang that song in his tour last year. We must ask Bernard and Jem. Did he sing it? Well, he sang songs from Les Mis. I mean, that's the big song from Les Mis. Um, okay, this is the... The... Stage version. The original London cast. There's a quality day. there that's, that's, that's... But, like, to be honest, they both hit the notes. I kind of felt that Hugh Jackman there had a, um, like, a quiver in his voice. I didn't hear the quiver. And But listening to that, I thought the other guy also did. It just, the other uh, singer had a quality or a softness in his tone, which was nicer than Much, much nicer. It felt much nat- more natural. That being said... Russell Crowe. Mm. <laughs> One, four, two, eight, five. Yeah. You have been expired. You should go over there. Uh-uh. I think it was two, uh-uh. nine, six, I don't know. or something. A lot of this. This is what you should do. I talk my words. I talk my words. Uh, 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 and that, yeah, and that being said, I, one of the things, on, well, maybe when we get to the overall thoughts of the film, I find a lot of the songs in this film are just. Well, the whole film is sung. Yeah, like it's, it's like not like not like a general like a, no. a musical. It's more like an opera. Yeah. Um, so there's only like a handful, handful of lines, words yeah. which are actually spoken, which is fine. But um, 
because of that, that leads it leads to, to just to, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't particularly like that kind of thing, but yeah, Russ, that, even though he, his voice wasn't great, Russell Crowe, I still think he. He I did well. He did, actually, did yeah. well. Now, so, so Russell Crowe plays a character of Javert, who is he's the, the protagonist, really. The antagonist. Antagonist um, who spends his entire life. Uh, he worked his way up from nothing. He was like a street rat, and worked his way up to be the uh, chief of police, as you said, for uh, Paris, and has a a. a inflated overly inflated sense of justice and um, right and wrong and punishment for crimes uh, the punishment should fit the crime or whatever but gets obsessed with Jean Valjean yeah uh, he's kind of the he one kind that of got forget away. he kind of forgets he kind of he kind of loses sight of why he's he just chases him for the the sake of chasing him, you kind of forgets almost why. I suppose he was under his watch, and then he left, and then he went on the run. So he feels sort of responsible, responsible for, him. for him. The the funny thing is, and we're jumping in terms of the well, we're talking about characters rather than the story. I imagine that huge uh, that Jean Valjean being part of the revolution is a lot much bigger crime than stealing a piece of bread. Uh, but he wasn't really part of the revolution. But he was there with. The, I mean. He was only there to save. Uh, yeah, but Javert doesn't seem very reasonable. He just saw him there as part of the the gang. So, I, from his point of view, he's part of the revolution. He might have a certain respect for him. He might for for Jean Valjean, or for yes. Javert. might have a certain respect for Jean Valjean. Well, he. Well, I suppose he does let him go in the end. Well, he lets him go twice. When's the first time he lets him he go? He lets him go um, when Jean Valjean meets... Col- um, oh, not on purpose. Doesn't he say, I'm, I'm, no, he says, I'm, I'm bringing her to the hospital, so take me there or whatever. Up at the hospital and they have their little fight. Oh, okay, okay. Okay. Um, so he kind of lets him go there. Although he does subsequently try to kill him. Um, and then at the end, he lets him go. Okay, so I guess he has some redeeming qualities. Yeah. Um, but he can't deal with um, with Jean Valjean not killing him. He had the opportunity to kill him. <laughs> Jean Valjean is always like, hang on, I just have to save this uh, sex worker. Hang on, hang on, hang on. The sex worker has a little girl that I just have to save. <laughs> yeah. Hang on, this kid is... Look at this kid. He's, the poor kid. Look at him. He's I'll just been be shot. And he's minutes. covered in poo. I'll be back in two minutes. You can arrest me then, right? There's okay, always run, something. Run, run, run. There's always something. No. But, um, so, Jalbert, um during the uprising, which we'll talk to talk about later when we talk about Eddie Redmond, um, there's an uprising in Paris, and he goes. He kind of um, infiltrates the revolutionaries, mm. and they realize because this little kid says, "Hang on a second, that guy's the chief of police." I'm Roger the Dodge. I'm, Roger the I'm the awful Dodger. Roger the Dodger. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the awful Dodger. Yeah, and. <laughs> um, they, t- they tie him up and they well, they beat him up and then they, t- they tie him up but Hugh Jackman's character Jean Valjean when he goes to the revolution um, sees this they kind of give him to yeah him. yeah it's silly sure. they give yeah. it to him and then what's how does he prove that he's on their side again 
Someone vouches for him. Who vouches for him? Is it the little kid? How, yeah, someone... Because they, they, first they grab him and they think he's a... Because he's an older man. They kind of think, oh, he's part of the... He's the man. He's he's part of the system. But then he says some, some... Someone vouches for Jean Valjean and says, no, he's cool. He's was it the guy that he rescued... Yes, it was the guy who like the car was crushed. Yes, that's right. That's it. Yeah, and yeah, that's fair. And so, so he they, they gave him Russell. They gave him Crow, Russell Crow. And yeah. they're like, go into that room over there, and uh, we won't ever check for a body. And he's like, okay. <laughs> and they don't, and they don't hear a gun go off or anything. Oh no, they do because he does shoot that. He shoots, he shoots and that then him. Yeah, they okay. think, oh, right, he's killed him. But then he unties Russell Crow yeah, and says, and "Off you pop." Uh, we have there's no beef between us I don't understand yeah. don't worry that's probably so, not it but it's, it's pretty much simply it Jalbert then at the end where Hugh Jackman is um, rescuing Eddie Redmayne's character for Cosette um, Jalbert finds him and he says again I'm just taking care of this young fella let me take care of him I'll be right back <laughs> <laughs> and Jalbert's like right go on so um, but then can't deal with the fact that he uh, that child, child, child let him live because he would never have let um, him get away and, and, he, and realizes, he, he almost realises I think that Jean Valjean is a better person than him yeah he has this narrative in his head I suppose my favourite type of villain and this is why I think he's a great character My and I think I said this before my favourite type of villain isn't a villain that's like I am so evil oh I bask <laughs> in my evilness it's like a bad guy who really really thinks that he is a good guy and he thinks he is the protagonist of the story and he is the hero and that is this that's Javert he he had in his head Hugh Jackman is the bad guy he is this thief who escaped it and and he's, he's he, he thinks he's always lying oh he thinks he's slimy like oh he has an excuse every time he tries to catch him he probably think, thinks he doesn't give a shit of it uh, Anne Hathaway or any of these characters he just thinks oh this is just what he's saying and so he has this narrative of him in his head and then when he's when he's cornered himself and he and he's like fine you've beat me I can live with that like well I'm gonna die but I can live with the fact that you're this asshole criminal and you've finally been so slimy and you'll go kill me what he can't live with is that Hugh Jackman's like N -n -n I have no beef with you man <laughs> Be cool, be cool. Yeah, just your grand. I just go off. You go off your yeah, life, yeah. And I think that shatters his reality I so think, much. Yeah, I think Jalbert um, is like between these characters is almost the revolution happening in itself. Is that Javert is the epitome of those upper classes and you know very very black and white, upper class good, lower class, you know you thieving so? thieving rats because he came from nothing. To work his way up to these classes, to, to the upper class, mm -hmm. and he's now thinking, now I'm a good person, and all these guys are bad people because they have to steal for food uh, because they're yeah, all yeah, yeah, yeah. But that doesn't matter. I didn't do that, so they. I didn't do that. Yeah, I worked yeah. my way up. Yeah. This this criminal, Jean uh, Valjean, has also worked his way up. Do you think that their relationship is a metaphor for the revolution? I think that's yeah. I, I don't know if that works. Cause John, you just, just think about it and come back to it. I am thinking about it right now, and because hmm, John Valjean isn't isn't lower class by the second half of the story. He's worked his way up as well, but he. Um, but he and he's not. So who's the? But nobody's. But need, Hugh Jackman's not rev revolting. Hugh Jackman is the. 
the good man who had to do some bad things in his past to work his way up to try and earn a living, but is ultimately a good man. Yeah. Like all the... What, how is that a parable for the revolution? Like all the lower class, working class uh, people of Paris, who Javert would you know, spit on things that they're all criminals and lowlifes. Um, so the revolution is the the equivalent of stealing the bit of bread for them to for them to be able to okay. to work hmm. I'm telling okay. you I'm being deep tonight I've got, I've got mm, my, my thinking that butter is a bit thin on that piece <laughs> of bread <but> alright <laughs> comment on our um, SoundCloud or iTunes oh, yes. or uh, our website. website and let us know what you think <laughs> That is not uh, about I think I think Russell Crowe is actually really good in this role. Um, even though he can't, he, the singing, the singing is well. unfortunate. I think he acts so well. Um, he doesn't really have any big bi- belting he songs. Does, does he does. Like a song that before he kind of throws himself off the bridge is oh, would yeah, be yeah, one yeah. if if he. Yes, <laughs> and he gets through it fine. Yeah. I actually think that's better than than. I think I kind of feel like if I was casting this, why would I pick somebody? Who? Because he's an Oscar-winning well, actor. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I, when you listen to the the Broadway versus the, he didn't get nominated. For no, he didn't. Um, but if you listen to the Broadway versus the film, like there's a big, big discourse between the standard of singing in both. But when you make a film like this, you have to, you know, you have to make it big. There's only actually one main character who comes from a West End. Or a Broadway, the, the, the main sort of revolutionary. <laughs> oh, I don't know about them. Maybe he doesn't. Huh. Have, he doesn't have his could own be. song. It could be. Oh, a good one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, who else? Well, actually, Cosette. the little girl. <laughs> the little girl. Yeah. <laughs> I was like Amanda Siegfried. I don't know about the little girl. It is um, a a penny a pony Samantha Barks. Anyway, the girl that is in love with. Eddie Redmayne, who oh, yes. is the yeah, only quite yeah. love. So the she was excellent. I yeah, she was fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. She had the best, maybe not the best voice, but she was on the upper tier of vocals. And it was interesting that she actually turned out to be a very lovely person. Oh, she was a pet. Having been raised by two of the I mean, most I have disgusting people. Will, will, we, will, we move on? Will, we, will we move on to her now? Or will we uh, well, we've done Russell Crowe. We've done uh, Hugh Jackman. We, and Hugh Jackman. Shall we move on to uh, Anne Hathaway, I think? Well, we're, we're, well that we're working a, through the story. That would have been a nice segue, but okay, we'll go back. Yeah, we'll go. <laughs> Well, we'll go through the as a, in order of appearance. In order of appearance. All right, Anne Hathaway was blooming marvelous, up and brilliant, and I only in it for about five minutes. For about, she's in it about fifty. I mean, she's kind of the main character for the bit that she's in. Yeah, so she's in she's in period one of of the three period periods. Two. Is it period two? Yeah, because the period one is when he's a prisoner and then he gets off, and then she works in his factory when he's made his money. Oh yes, sorry, true. Period yeah. two. So, um, yeah, absolutely phenomenal I performance by her. I'm not an Anne Hathaway person. Well, you are a cray-cray person. Well, I'll tell you why. I thought she was great in The Devil Wears Prada. Yes, she was. Really great in that film. 
and that's about it. <laughs> I Harsh. absolutely hated. I was so upset when she was cast as Catwoman. Catwoman. I, I knew you were going to say Catwoman. So upset with that's that casting. That's her fault. Well, hang on. Well, hang on. No, no, I'm not blaming her as a person. I'm not like I hate you. You did an okay job. Well, when that film came out, everyone was saying she's fantastic. She's such a good Catwoman, and I was like, oh, okay. And I thought she was dreadful. I hated her performance in that film. I didn't buy her as Selena Kyle at all. And I just, and I just don't, and I didn't think, I didn't, I don't find her a very warm actress. I don't find her like particularly charismatic. I didn't think she was great in Interstellar. I thought she was fine in Interstellar. It. Is not. A I really movie. like Interstellar. I think it's a great. Film. It was but I didn't think she was great in it. Um, she's in a lot of these kind of films where she's like, kind of, oh, oh, I'm, oh, I'm a quirky girl. Oh, oh, and like, I, I, I don't buy that. <laughs> She's more of a dramatic actress. And I think in this, she's very, she she's warm, she's sympathetic. She is she's so good in this. I have t- this has this changed my entire opinion of her. Well, in this realm. <laughs> I still think she's a shy woman. She's so good. That's fantastic. And it's such a brave role. Because it is not glamorous at all. She looks no. like a Holocaust victim by the end. Yeah, so maybe we just talk a little bit about about her character. Yeah, we don't have to go to her story in like yeah. every minute. Detail. So she's she's working in Hugh Jackman's factory. He's obviously yeah. uh, hired her for some reason, and they're working. Uh, there's all these. What is the factory? I think they make clothes or something. Right. Um, and they're they girls, so they're probably so weird. Yeah, that's the, yeah, that's what women do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> What's the song that they sing in the factory? It's At the end of the day, the end end of the end of the it's a great song. I have a daughter with do. What's the matter with that? It's one of my. It's one of my. It would be one of my songs that I wouldn't listen to every song on this. But this would, if I was to make a playlist of songs, this would be on it. Yeah, it was a fabulous song. Um, so Fantine is found with a letter which is written to she said no it's a letter from Helena Bonham Carter Helena Bonham or Carter. maybe Sasha Baron Carter yeah. or <laughs> Borat, Borat. Said in your <laughs> I was using shorthand right. so she's received this letter to say that her daughter who is living with uh, Borat and Helena Bonham Carter um, is sick and needs money for the hospital yeah and probably isn't sick yeah. probably isn't sick they're just scamming her um, and she's working day and night and all sending all her money to her now interesting mm-hmm. when they find out in the factory all the women turn on her turn they're on wagons her and say oh she's got a daughter out of wedlock she's a little hussy get her out of here <laughs> and uh, and yeah. and the foreman's like what's the story with this and What's the matter with that? And they fuck her out. Well, well, I. Oh, I'm going to tell you why. I think this was done better in the uh, because I saw the stage musical relatively recently. It's sometimes hard to know how well the film telegraphed it because I know the story. So uh, I and I think you're right. I don't think this telegraphed it as well as the musical. What I got the what I think is the 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 floor man was fancied Fantine and was attracted to her and was, was constantly trying to. Yeah, get some, and she was always like, "Oh no, no, I'm a lady. I would never do such a thing." So when he they and then he, but he was giving her favoritism, so the other girls didn't like her because I don't know. Women hate other women. That's I don't know if you knew that. Like, and yeah, yeah, women, yeah, women don't like other women. Um, so this was an accurate portrayal of that. Um, that's sarcasm, by the way. 
<laughs> that's what the film frames it as. Obviously, that's not the case. But uh, so, like, but they're just annoyed that she's getting. She favorite. seems to get favoritism. Yeah. yeah, she seems to get favoritism. And then when he finds out, I suppose he has it in her head that she's kind of one day she's going to get to ride her or something. Yeah. Well, he probably thinks that she's virginal and she's pure and stuff. And then when he finds out that she she is a quote unquote a fallen woman, you know, that's what they would have called her in Ireland in the. 1990s <laughs> um, a child at a wedlock um, his perception of her shifts and she's no longer this virginal girl you can put on a pedestal now she is in his eyes like a hussy, a hussy. and not only that she's a hussy that won't sleep with him and that to him is like but you're already but yes yeah yeah um so i think that you know that just offends his um fragile fragility and the other uh, people in the fact fragility his, I, I, I was gonna i was gonna cancel the fragile i was just gonna say fragility um but, but thanks for pointing that out okay. and the other people in the factory are just kind of like highness uh, they just see a moment of weakness and they just yeah so that's what happens that's what so it's and so this, awful. I think that's the oh, worst that's a part of the film. Not, not the whole. And this whole her whole storyline story line is is like it actually reminded me a bit of um, so Requiem for a Dream. That yeah, kind of oh, like. Well, I don't think it was that. It wasn't as dark as that, but yeah. that kind of trajectory Spiral. of just one thing happens that's bad, and you try to do something that helps, and then it gets worse, and it gets worse, and it gets worse. A series of unfortunate yeah. events. So anyway, she's fucked out and she can't, uh, she doesn't have any money to send her daughter, so she goes and becomes a lovely lady. Well, there's a few steps before that. She's, well, she, she sells yeah, her she only, sells she her has her only, she has a charm. A uh, necklace. A necklace that she sells for half of what it's worth, and then she sells her hair, I imagine, to a wig maker? Yeah, that's awful. Um, and Anne Hathaway, really, that was, that, that, um, her hair was cut live, so that only took, they could only do that once. Oh. That's actually be her hair being cut, and imagine if she sneezed midway through the At the end of the <laughs> <laughs> um, and that barber or her hairdresser was a man, but um, dressed in drag because. Well, they surely like they could have done a number like if they. <laughs> I don't know why they needed a particular hairdresser. They were just hacking it with a blade. Give her a wig and just cut the wig. Well, that's so tight. Like you can see her scalp. That's true. Yeah. yeah. And it's so awful. Like awful. Oh, done. I mean, th- and that. Uh, that. I mean, yeah. They didn't want to give her a stylish like pixie haircut. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Look at his cheekbones. <laughs> um, she also lost Anne Hathaway. Lost a lot of weight for this role. Um, she's crazy thin, and she hasn't revealed how she lost the weight because she says it would be irresponsible and she's actually criticised her, her own methods and said that she wouldn't do it again and that it was actually silly what she did she probably just didn't eat or she, maybe she yeah she got her little boobies hiked up as high as possible in the corset and what I my, I actually think the worst thing in that entire thing is what happens to her teeth I don't think that's in the musical or if it is I didn't notice it oh that's oh, awful. awful she oh. sells her teeth she sells her back teeth and they come with these oh, big pliers. Oh my god! I don't even know who would want fucking teeth. Who's buying the teeth? Like, what are they doing with the Maybe teeth? Maybe she. They didn't have gold. Is an animal? An animal or something? They didn't have fillings back then. They shouldn't have gold. I hardly filling somebody else's mouth with somebody else's teeth. <laughs> no, but I meant like gold fillings. Like, do they? People have gold in their teeth. Right. So they weren't like. Oh, do you think she had gold in her teeth? I don't think she could afford gold in her teeth. 
maybe from back in the day when she wasn't before she fell um, no I don't think that I don't know I don't know I'm sure that I feel like that's accurate though I feel like that's not I feel like that's the thing that people probably had to do and then so tell me this she the reason she's having to do this is because she had a daughter yeah um did her partner die leave her he fecked off fecked off yeah. Husband or no, just a. I don't think it was a husband. I don't, I don't think they mentioned in this, but I feel like I've. I think I've read it, and when I look at the synopsis for the book, I think it was just like a a love that she had when she was young, and he fucked off. Yeah, that stand or something. Yeah, there. well, probably. Well, no, because yeah, no, she she really did no, care she did for love him. him yeah, she so he broke her heart. Then she has to become a lovely, and I think lovely a, a lovely lady. Um, she sent Cosette to Helena Boncarda, but we never see them interact. But. I, th- I feel like that's like a baby farm. Have you ever heard of a baby farm before? They were really popular around Victorian England. Baby farms were usually women um, would take in babies um, from... So, so the problem was, like, if you were an unmarried woman back then, nobody would give you a job because they considered you, you know, a terrible person. Therefore, you couldn't work. Therefore, you couldn't provide for your child. So it was this horrible cycle of, well, I need to, I need money to provide for my child, but I can't. So th- therefore, that's why so many. So, but baby farms were illegal, but were a common thing where a woman would take in babies for money. So basically, they would just look after lots of babies. Like a foster home. Or like a foster home. I don't necessarily know why they were illegal, but they were. But Amelia Dyer, have you heard? Of <laughs> Excuse me, have you heard of Amelia Dyer? No, I don't think so. Amelia Dyer was a woman in Victorian England, maybe even before Victorian England, um, who used to... And a lot of the time, the mothers would never come back. They would keep on sending money, and sometimes the money would dry up, but the mothers would never come back. And Amelia Dyer uh, used to take in infant babies and would kill them straight away because um, she couldn't they just take the money and then just keep on taking the money oh my god yeah so she had this thing yeah that's a bit dire yeah um, oh <laughs> and um, she was like yeah, um, yeah so she was taking in money for babies that had been died, dead years and then nobody ever came back and like caught her but what happened was um, in the Thames there was a parcel fished out and there was a, a dead baby body in it and it had a, her own address on it <laughs> and yeah she was executed and she was like she's become like this in, in infamous um, lady murderess um, so I imagine that's the type of thing that Liam Bone Carter seems to be a similar thing that they were doing but they only had her they only, well they hadn't well, that was d- 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 um, a, pe- a pet a, pe- a pony how do you pronounce that name was that their daughter or was it just another I think that was their daughter their own daughter okay that's okay. why they loved her and then they just despised Cosette yeah okay okay um so yeah. Anyway, that was a bit of a tangent. Anne Hathaway is now a lovely lady, which is essentially a prostitution yeah. in France. Well, that's, and, yeah, they kind um, of... And which is a great song as well. Lovely Brilliant ladies. song. I think it stops too much, though. It's like, it's great, dun, and then it stops, dun, and then dun, she's dun, like, dun, dun, Come here, you dear. You're much too eager to sell. And it's just like, I just want to get back to the song. Stop talking to each other. Oh, I don't really mind that. No, it doesn't. I think I, it fits with the song. It, it irritates me. I wish they were able to convey that in the tune of Lovely Ladies. Yeah, maybe it's, it, maybe it's a choice. Maybe that's a reason why they well, did that. It is a choice. Obviously, I just don't like and so anyway, uh, Anne Hathaway has sex with some guy, and then straight yeah. afterwards he gets his hole, and she's just like, "I dreamed a dream." And she time does so by. well. And actually, we were listening to the soundtrack of this uh, song, stage version, and 
Anne Hathaway's version is so much better. And the reason for that is because, well, the acting, but also in a stage production, it's it. So Anne Hathaway does it very, very, it's very intimate, intimate. Yeah, and it's it's her own thoughts, and she's just crying through. It. And not overacting. Not overacting. No, she's just breaking down, and she's saying, "I thought my life was going to be so much better than mm. this, and hell," and she's just crying away to herself. Um, on a stage, you can't really do that. No, you have to project no. it. Um, it, it it was written originally as a power ballad and she turned it into an intimate song and I think it works so much oh, better oh yeah, so much as better. an intimate song because yeah. Anne Hathaway she has a lovely voice but I don't think she probably has as technically as good a voice as the stage actress oh, I'm sure she doesn't but it, it, it doesn't matter no it's um, and, and like even even as she's singing it her voice is breaking and oh. she's um She's not even able to get to sing some of the words. She just ends. No, she got her. Yeah, yeah. Like, and you can tell, like, she is in the zone. Like, she oh, was, yeah, yeah she's it was. feeling it's like. Yeah. Um, she, that year, she won. She beat, I'm just looking at who she beat for the Oscar. She beat Amy Adams in The, Ma- the Master. Never even heard of that. The Master. Somebody else you said was nominated for that. Joaquin Phoenix was nominated for Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, right, yeah. Sally Field in Lincoln. Oh, yeah, Officers Daniel. Helen Hunt in The Sessions. Um, Helen Hunt? Yeah. Had an Oscar nomination to That's a great film. 30? Yeah, it's a film. It's about a sex um, therapist. She's like a, a sex worker. Like, I don't want to say a prostitute, but like a, a sex worker who, who has like clients who are like disabled. And... Um, William C. Macy, I think. Um, I saw a documentary on the actual... It's based on a true story. She has, like, sex with people who, like, who can't really have sex for whatever oh, reason. And yeah. she, like, helps them. And there's a sex surrogate. Sex surrogate, that's the name of it. I've seen documentaries on that. Yeah, she's recently. a wonderful woman. It still happens. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. That, that woman is a real person that Helen Hunt plays. Oh. She's a wonderful woman. And then Jackie Weaver for Silver Lion Play. I don't know who she is. Okay, yeah, so Anne Hathaway, I'm sure, deserved it. I haven't seen any of the performances, but I can't imagine um, anyone yeah, getting it. I mean, it's, it's incredible that, like, if, what, 10 minutes on screen, you get an Oscar? Like, I think she's on more than 10 minutes. I don't think so. Well, maybe. Uh, so she has the... Um, I mean, she has the... She's got, she's got like, at two, the end of the day, three, three lovely lady, stream a dream, and she's in at the more. end. I'd say she's in it for about 20, 25 minutes. 20 minutes. I still, mean, it's a I mean, supporting actor. I mean, Judy Dench won supporting actor for, I think, five, ten minutes on screen. Anthony Hopkins has best actor for um, for less than half an hour on screen for what's a sp- for Silence of the Lambs. I think that's the smallest performance for anyone. Best actor. And, and this statistic could be wrong <laughs> but i think she might be the only actress to win an oscar who has who has no spoken lines everything she says is sung oh right okay if you're not sure about that you can comment on our soundcloud if that's bullshit, or our bullshit. Um, anyway Fake yeah news. that's all i have to say about anne i i still don't like her in most things but i think oh, she's I've got some other wonderful I've got questions in this what is it what's your question so She's doing her prostituting, sex working, whatever. And um, Hugh Jackman comes along and she says, Oi, you, you prick, you kicked me out of your factory and now look at me. And he feels very sympathetic and he takes her to the hospital and she ends up dying. Yeah. What'd she die of? I imagine exposure, syphilis, 
TV. They don't really say, but I imagine that whole scene is meant to take place over like six months, right? It's not like one day. Well, I mean, she's like, I mean, that was the only thing. That was the only thing because when he takes her, okay, she's freezing cold and stuff, but she seems fine. And then he takes her to the hospital and then she's like dead. Like, which, and it kind of looks like the same night. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's, I imagine in the book it's probably stretched over a few days. Um, I mean, her hair is still cut, like razor short. So, I mean, it's, um, I don't know. I, I imagine it's, it's one of these things you just kind of accept it. But I, if you're, t- imagine it's meant to take place from her losing her job to dying about six months, I would think. I could be wrong. But, like, it's meant to be exposure she's dying of, right? Like, she's not dying in the first scene she's yeah, in. So whatever. Maybe, maybe it's uh, pneumonia or something. Or, yeah, yeah, or a broken heart. Bro- yeah, Do you know, um, Victor Hugo, who wrote the novel, that's based on a real experience. He saw this... Um, ma- he saw this man um, throw snow into a, at a... down a sex worker's cleavage. Like, assault her. And she attacked him for doing it. And then a police intervened. A policeman intervened. And went to arrest the sex worker of course not the not the man heaven yeah, forbid, even though he was the one who instigated and Victor Hugo intervened and said and he was quite well known at the time he, I think Hunchback in Notre Dame was was very successful already so he was well known and he said look I, I saw it like she didn't start it um, and the policeman let her go but he, Victor Hugo was like oh like he just felt like women like these these women were just totally the lowest of low and society didn't listen to them or respect them and anything that happened it was their fault yeah yeah yeah, yeah and that's what, so i imagine that this was pretty like we we talked last last week <laughs> last week <laughs> about nancy being a kind of a that was two weeks ago two, two weeks ago sorry it just seems like yesterday <laughs> <laughs> Um, Nancy being well Nancy in the book isn't actually a sex worker but I think it's implied and that's an adaptation she is but like that that Dickens made kind of this again fallen woman uh, in inverted commas made her like a sympathetic character and that was really amazing but like there is no doubt that Fontaine is a sex worker and she is as fallen as he can get um, and she's portrayed incredibly sympathetically from Victor Hugo so that's kind of cool and modern and yeah. yeah that's all I have to say Very about good. that and that's, and that's Anne that's Anne I think that's she's Anne. great well done Anne you did a good Thank job you. you won me over well done I'm sure you're that's what, that's what you're aiming Very for good. Yeah. well done who are we moving on to now um, well yes. we could talk about Cosette yeah well we talk I mean, about Cosette I don't think I have a lot to say about Cosette we'll talk about Cosette maybe let's talk about um, Cosette Okay, well, I think well, Helena and Sasha, they kind of are a packed deal. Yes. Go. I kind of think they're in a different film. They're the comic relief in, in a film called The Mis- Yeah, I mean, it, it, this film is crying out for some light-heartedness, and they're kind of secondary antagonists. I mean, like, I mean, they're, they're the comic relief and still disgusting. Like, you know, they're not... Oh, I'm a big bumbling fool. No, they're not. Well, they're not fools at all. No, no, no. But, so. but yeah, I no, I get that, and we need. God knows, this film needs some light heartedness. But do you not think they're kind of in a different film? No, I don't think so. I think I, I, I know they, they stand out, out like it's all their costumes. And but I think that's the point of them. 
Yeah, I mean, I, in the stage musical, they're still funny, but I, I, I don't feel like they're like caricatures. I, I like Lena Cohen Carter. I think she's great. I think she's very watchable, but I feel like she played this role in her sleep. I feel like this is like. I wouldn't say it was a difficult role for her. I'd say this is like this is like Helena Bowen Carter, like paint by numbers. It's yeah, like she I mean, needs. Does she have much? She was in Sweeney Todd. The worst pies in London. That was after this. No, it was before this. Was it? I'm gonna say that's about three years before this. Oh, controversial. Okay. Okay, so this is 2012. Yes. And Sweeney Todd. 2007. Oh wow. Okay. Well, um, I mean, that's not much experience. <laughs> well, she, she was. She's not. She's not a singer. No, she's not. But I don't think that's an issue. She doesn't have to. It's not. Sweeney song. Todd, pretty much playing the same role. The same, the same role. And Harry Potter. <coughs> and Alice Harry Potter, Wonderland. not so much. No, Harry Potter, she's saying no, a crazy, no, insane yeah. asylum. Person. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I just think that's uh, she's uh, that's kind of her. It's like her bread and butter now at this stage. Her shtick. Her shtick. And she can play other things. She's great on other things, but that seems to be her shtick, and she's good at it. But he played um, Queen of Hearts. Yeah, that's a similar role as well. Well, I mean, it's a similar role in that she's a horrible person, but I mean, it's it's a very different character. I never actually saw Alice in Wonderland, so I don't know. Um, like she and King's Speech. Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a that was like her more of an actory yeah. performance, and she 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 was brilliant in Fight Club and stuff. Like she's a great act. She's a great actress. Never been trained. No, no, no she's not like myself. <laughs> Yes, you're just like Alina Paul Carter. She also played Anne Boleyn in a sexy Henry VIII a few years ago, a long, a long time ago. You know, she's she's great in this. She's great in it. I just kind of I'm like, oh yeah. As soon as I saw Helena Bonham Carter was in this film, I knew exactly the role she played. Do you know that there was a TV version of this again based on the show, not based based on the book, not the musical, um, around Christmas last year, like a three part drama. And do you know who played? Madame Senator. Helena Bonham Carter? No. That's the character that Helena Bonham Carter plays in this yeah. version. Uh, I don't know who played uh, Olivia Coleman. Oh. And I'd love that. I'd love to see that. Be and I'd like to see her play someone. Well, I guess Queen Anne was quite. wasn't nice. But she's so charming. Olivia Coleman. Yeah, that's an interesting role for her. Yeah. Playing a thief and a. And a but I can see it. Because she's, I think I can see it. Yeah, she's she's bonkers enough to do. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wonder can she sing? Um, not that she needed it for that role. Before. What did you think of Sasha Baron Cohen? Great, yeah, he's great. So these are the the landlord and landlady of the tavern. Their song is fabulous. Their song is probably I think this is one of the songs that I would have heard from my parents. Yeah, it's a great song. I think I, I'm not. It's not my favorite. I think my favorite is Bring Him Home. But I think this is kind of. It's one of the few songs that's not like I'm a big song. No, no, it's it's got a lot of character, and the lyrics are wonderful. And I'd say they had great fun making this. It's disgusting that scene. It is pretty rotten. Yeah, and actually, you saw the stage show. Does he pee into people's drinks? I I think so. Not. It's it's more kind of hinted and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's very good. Yeah, somebody's wine or yeah. They're very good chemistry, don't they? Yeah, they're very, very, very good together. chemistry. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they were. He was in Sweeney's Hot as well, actually. Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah, he plays the other barber. Oh, 
Oh, I didn't realise that. Mm. Yeah, they, no, they're really, they, they, they are great. They are great. And I, I don't have a whole lot to say because they do the role that they're... So these, these guys are uh, minding Cosette, so, which is Anne Hathaway's uh, daughter, and they're disgusting to her. They're, they're horrible to her, and they get her to do all these just horrible chores and you know, send her out in the freezing cold at night to get some water and all this kind of stuff for firewood or whatever. And they have a daughter called... E P O N I N E Samantha Barks. Samantha Barks. Yeah. Sam. And um, they're lovely to her, and they dress her up really nicely and really well, and they think the sun shines out of her arse. But she's a nice kid. But she is nice. Uh, you don't really know. No, as a kid, you don't get snored. That's true. And you don't see much relationship between her or Cosette at all. In fact, no. even as adults. Oh, actually, yeah, no, they, they they don't interact. No, at all. No, if she goes to her house, Samantha goes to Cosette's house, but yeah, they never meet. No, they don't meet. It's oh. interesting, actually. Yeah. I wonder, do um, they in the book? So Hugh Jackman finds Cosette, who she's told Han Hathaway, "I'll look after your daughter. Don't worry about it," and uh, goes to these uh, this tavern and finds Cosette and. Haggles with. Uh, <laughs> it's a bit dodge actually because he just finds her in the woods and he's like, <laughs> randomly. Yeah, and like obviously we know that, yeah, we he's want him nice to, guy, yeah, 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 we want her to go with him, but like, you know. She's wary of him. Well, that's true, she is wary of him. She, uh, she sings such a pretty song. Yeah, she does. I, I can't actually think of the tune Castles in the Sky, Castles in the Clouds. It's a very pretty song though. Castles in the Clouds. <laughs> After the castle in the clouds, crying's not allowed. Up in my castle in the cloud, it's very lovely, and that's her face on the um. It's the the yeah, and that's based on an old sketch from the I think from the original book of Cosette. It's quite a nice name. I really liked the scene actually where he's Hugh Jackman is haggling for her and saying I'll I'll pay you whatever. And they're trying to steal his um, wallet and his hat. Um, he's not materialistic at all, so he doesn't care. Well, no, he does have stuff, but he knows their tricks because he was a thief in a previous life. Oh, I didn't cut that. And we ends up uh, purchasing Cosette, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> but they frame it like she's, they were like, "Oh, she's been very sick. All those hospital oh, bills, yeah, yeah. like they, 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 you know, it's all very Spend so much money. Yeah, on this yeah, case, yeah. We yeah. love her so much." Courgette. Cosette. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. You do see them again, though. They come back into it. Yeah. So they seem to think that they're hard done by by him. Do they think that? I don't know. Why Why do they try and... Or is it just that they, is it just that they know they'll get money from... They'll get the reward for Russell Crowe if they hand him in. They'll get a reward and also they realise... They find out where... They're living, and it's a big house, and they're going to rob the houses. And they come into some money, and they go to the wedding at the end. I don't think they come into money. They just kind of dress up in their version of what they think. Upper fancy class. People. I think those people. costumes are wonderful. They look. They look, they look fantastic. Yeah. I love her <gasps> tinted sunglasses. Excuse me. But why did they get? They steal a ring off 
Eddie Redmayne, do they? When he's in, they, when Sasha Baron Cohen sings the ring off him in the sewer. I, I, I felt that bit of the story was a bit contrived. So I don't really know what happened. Esca- so when Hugh Jackman is escaping with Eddie Redmayne, yeah. he's, he's pulled him out of the revolution. Yeah, and they fall into a sewer. Yeah, and he's knocked out. Yeah. Um, your man, for some reason, Sasha Baron Cohen's in the sewer, and dead body. He thought, and he takes a ring. And that's Eddie Redmayne now, or and that's Eddie Redmayne's yeah, ring. Okay. And then later on, he talking about Hugh Jackman. I think at that's when they realise. Then he says, "Oh, and I, I got this ring off this person, or whatever." He said, "That's, that's my ring." ring. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I thought it was all of this. Just we have to give them a. It was a bit daft. Yeah. And I don't actually really why know were they even there? why they were there. Because yeah. uh, I was getting married and there's a lot of rich people and they were going to rob all their wallets and stuff, yeah, I suppose. Okay, yeah, but, okay. uh, so and, why they, was, and then for some reason he knows where Hugh Jackman is at the end. Yeah. In some yeah. I, 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 I find that all a little bit contrived. And I, 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 I didn't I even... I can't ca- say I didn't really like the ending. I, didn't, I, I, well, thought, I thought, like... Well, we'll come to it. Maybe. Yeah, okay. But um, anyway. I yeah, okay, because I have something to say about it as well, actually. Okay. Um, um, so that's, okay, so that's... that's a, no, I actually think, I think he's a great voice, by the way. Did I say that? He that's sings, sings Master of the Lights very She does her bits fine, but I think he is the singer of the two of them. And he has more lines, so it's more important for him to have a good voice. Um yeah, I thought he was great, Master actually. Yeah, that's a nice role for him to get as well. When did he do Borat and... Um, oh, that's much that longer. That's about 2000. I saw Borat on DVD when I was in 2007. I was on DVD then, so I'd say that was about 2005. I can find out, though, because I have the internet. Um, it's alright, it doesn't matter that much. I was just thinking, is this kind of... 2006 was Borat. He's kind of done He's kind of done with all those kind of characters. Maybe he's trying to get into something... Well, it was still very much a comedy role, even though, you know... Oh, but he's always going to be comedy, I think. But... I'm looking at his um, IMBD. Like, he, at the moment, he's... He's in a, a TV miniseries called The Spy. And then he was in another TV series called Who is America? I saw that. That was kind of taking the piss out of right-wing Americans. Anyway. So that's that. Eponia's character? Yeah. So do you remember when I talked about... We talked about Oliver a couple of weeks ago. Months ago. Two weeks ago. And I told you that there was a brilliant production uh, called I Do Anything. Oh, yeah. And the girl who I wanted to win was an Irish girl, and she came second. But they gave her the role after the girl who won. Won. They gave. She had. She won a six months contract. But as soon as that contract was up, this is the Graham Norton show with. Um, yeah. Well, Andrew, Andrew, Andrew Weber. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that girl, who the Irish girl, has had a great career. She was in Love and Peace, War and War Peace, and <laughs> <laughs> War and Peace, and she was also in. From Kerry. Yeah, she was in the show uh, Chernobyl. Remember we watched Chernobyl? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was she's also the she was a lead actress in a film this year about a country singer. Anyway, she's a great girl. Joe C. Buckley is her name. She's a great actress. Anyway, in that show a, a girl came third. And this was her. And this was her. Oh and this was her first film. How exciting for her. Well done her. Yeah. Like I think she did like after that she got a nice um career on West End and she did it. So this was her first film role. And she was great. 
she was, she was yeah, so she was really, so really good likable as well so likable um, <laughs> Eddie well that's more we'll talk about Eddie in a minute yeah um, so she for some reason knows Eddie Redmayne Eddie Redmayne I suppose yeah they're good. the same age and they live kind of but she, so she is the actual daughter of Sasha Baron Cohen and Helena Bonham Carter's character but has seemed for some inexplicable reason to turn out to be a oh I've got a fly in my wine Flying or wine? Flying my wine. Just stick your finger in it. I will. Right. I have to put my microphone down. You keep talking. Tell everyone about it. You woman. Oh God, it's a disaster. It's still alive. I don't have a fly in my wine. Thanks. <laughs> so, for some inexplicable reason, she has turned out to be a lovely person rather than an absolute scumbag. Um. And uh, Eddie Redmayne's character, great words. <laughs> who we'll talk about later, he, I suppose, is upper class, but uh, he is organising this revolution on behalf of the lower classes. So I suppose he's interacting with the lower classes quite regularly. Is he upper class? Race to us. Do you remember the fucking big wedding at the end? I don't remember his parents disowning. Say you're a disgrace. At the wedding? No. When you get... Oh, we'll talk about his character. I don't remember that at all. Okay, go on. I'll, I'll remind you later. So anyway, uh, Eponia, that's what I'm calling her. I don't know. I'm going to call her right. Samantha. Sam. Okay, Sam. We'll just call it Sam. Um, Samantha. Her second name is Barks, and I think that's funny. Sam Barks? <laughs> just I think it's a funny surname. Realises that Eddie Redmayne has massively fallen head over heels in love with Cosette. And she is a bit devastated because she's actually in love with Eddie Redmayne. Oh no! I hate it when that happens. I hate it when that happens. It's so yeah. annoying. It happens every other day of the week for me. Um, Never actually happened to me. <laughs> you got everybody you wanted, did you? And someone did. <laughs> cool. But yeah, she, rather than being horrible to Cosette, she actually facilitates Eddie meeting her. Well, I think she does ultimately I think she struggles with it and she toys with not doing it like she keeps a note for a while no he, she, no. she she finds out for Eddie Redmayne where she lives and then facilitates them meeting up and then Hugh Jackman uh, Jean Valjean says uh, Jalbert has found Hugh Jackman's character Jean Valjean and says we need to get out of here so we need to go right now. So she writes a note and leaves it for Eddie Redmayne, and then she picks it up. Ep- Eponia Sam picks it up. Mm. She doesn't give it to Eddie Redmayne. Yeah, she holds on to it for a little while. Yeah. I might um, give it to him. I'm not, not giving it to him. I might give it to him. I'd say you give him twice. Um, oh, that's disgusting. I was just <laughs> talking. I was being in character. You have to take it down. To um, so later oh, on... Down. At the revel, when the the streets of Paris have been blocked off with this uprising, she unfortunately gets shot. Did you get shot or stabbed? Stabbed, I think actually. Stabbed. Stabbed or shot? Shot. I thought somebody with a musket. Oh, I know. She gets killed anyway. She gets killed anyway. And as she's dying, she says, "Oh, cause I actually really loved you." Here's the letter. And Eddie Redmayne's like, <laughs> "So glad I didn't get shot in the head." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, she does have a little song though before she does all that she has a song in the rain which is I love him but only if I'm wrong 
Yes, they are the words. Well done. Well, that's it. I don't know the words, but she's, it's a lovely song and she sings it very well. So she's singing about her unrequited love, unfortunately. Yeah, no, it is sad. Yeah, she's a, she's a great character. I find Eddie Redmayne a little frustrating. Can we talk about him now? So let's go on to him then. Um, I actually I actually like Eddie Redmayne as an actor. I like him as an actor. Did not so much like him in Fantastic Beasts, I'd say. I think he tried some... He, he's all like he made a choice I don't have a very good enunciation kind of and I sometimes when I'm editing this I'm like Paul enunciate better so I can't speak a whole lot but I'm also not an Oscar winning actor I'm making a little podcast that we was excited to have 22 listens <laughs> so a weekly podcast a, a, a weekly podcast that released every few months um <laughs> And I found Fantastic Beats, he mumbled a lot. And uh, did you ever see Jupiter Ascending? We saw that together, Jupiter Ascending. No, we didn't see it together. I was oh, like this and that. And then I shout! And then I talk like this. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then I shout! And then I shout. Uh, that being, <laughs> that's what he's like in that film. Have you seen it? Yeah. And I it's forgotten he did that until he just said it. <laughs> and then I shout and then I go back to this. Yeah. Um <laughs> that being said, I feel like he's the only person in that film who really made it. He makes choices when he plays a film, and I like that. And he's the, a character actor, I suppose. He tries to be He is a character actor, even when it doesn't because I don't think it, Fantastic Beats is the lead character in that. He doesn't need to play a quirky character, he just no, needs to play a leading man. Yeah. But I think he just likes making, and, and I think he. I'll get. I'll come to his role in this film in a second because I actually think he plays it pretty well. He plays it fine, great actually. And he doesn't actually make any. Word and he choices. doesn't make any word choices, and he's well able. It's not like it's not like he has a crutch and he needs to do it. And to be fair to him, he's not like he. It's not like he has a shtick that he constantly like. He, his choices are are different. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's not like doing the same role over and over and over again. I just sometimes think he makes funny choices. I saw him years ago in this TV. Well, I still love it. <laughs> That's what he was like in that film. People that listen to this can't couldn't see your face. I have that image. Just picture face. Eddie Redmayne. I saw this TV drama a few years ago. It was uh, called uh, The Birdcage. Did you see it? It was about World War One. No. It was the first time I saw I was him. Of the uh, Robin Williams. No, 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 no. It was a break. It was about World War One. It was all about the um, the the. Uh, it was based on a very big popular book about the um, you know World War One. They used to dig trenches to kind of get to the other side and blow them up and stuff. And he played a soldier, and he had he had a love affair with I think one of his superiors' wives, who was played by Fleur from Harry Potter. Fleur. Oh, the French girl. Mm. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and I thought he was adorable in it. I just thought he was so cute and so good. And I went through a little phase of kind of looking at a few other things he'd done. And I'm sure you did. Yeah, he mm. did. And he was in a great TV show called Pillars of the Earth. Pills of the Earth. <laughs> Pillars of the Earth. Pillars of it the was Earth. kind of a Game of Thronesy style show, no no magic, but like set in kind of ye olden times. And he 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 played a man who build a cathedral over like 40 years and he's really good in it and he and i saw this other he, he kind of has an old-fashioned look about him eddie redmayne yeah he looked he, look. he suits a period yeah, flick yeah if you put a if you put a if you put a farmer's cap on him, yes say, yes yeah, yes and put him in a tweed suit yeah yeah, yeah. um 
and he was in another film where he was the main character with Sean Bean and Melisandre from Game of Thrones okay. where he played a monk <laughs> and it was like the Black Death it was like a horror film based on Jesus. yeah there's been loads of stuff that I don't know about. <laughs> yeah and that was like before any, he was only like 20 when he was in that and he was in this weird film with Julianne Moore where he played her gay son who had an incestuous relationship with her he played a gay son of Julianne Moore and but she had like an incestuous relationship with her. Yeah, it wasn't very nice. That sounds weird. It is not a very nice film. But anyway, so he he had he was being a working actor for a long time. And then he won his lovely Oscar for uh, the theory of everything and he was and he was, oh, he, he, he deserved that. I never yeah. I haven't so he's a he, he has a he's a lovely back catalogue. He's quite a young Oscar winner as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's a very good actor. He's a very he's good actor. Actually like a lot of the that stuff that you've does that that um back catalogue that you've just described. I've never seen any of it. His lips are the same colour as his face. <laughs> I remember you saying that before. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, you don't know where his face ends, his lipstick. Yeah, that's okay. He's, he's <laughs> Maybe he wears uh, nude lipstick. Maybe. I, I do think he's quite I know you've got cute. a bit of a crush I on do. Him. Yeah, no, you do. I do. Yeah. Would he be on your list? No. What's um, my list? You know the list. You know, like in Friends, where they have a list. Oh, I don't. Like I don't. I don't. Have, people, you could I don't have tried very enough. Don't be daft. No. I'll show you mine, sir. No. No, 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 no. I just I respect him as an actor, and I think he's nice to look at on screen. Cute and yeah. Uh, that being said, when he sings, he goes like this, <laughs> doesn't he? I think he's got a kind of a. He's got a very. He's got a, a small. Empty tables, empty tables. I, I think he's got a small and at the same time large mouth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shout! <laughs> Calls it. <laughs> he clearly has a good voice, but I don't like it. He's a fine voice. I mean, he's not like no. It's it. it, it he's an actor that can sing. He's yeah. not a singer that can. He's act. an actor that can hold a tune. Yeah, actually. Yeah. Um, so my so his character. Any issues I have with this has nothing to do with his performance, apart from the fact that I don't love his voice. I think he's a good voice, but I don't love it. But I think his character is a bit of a twat. I don't think he's a twat. Well, I don't think he's a twat. I think he's idealist, idealistic. He, uh, well, he's a rich guy. He's looking out for. He's trying to do the right thing. He's like probably only born after the revolution. I think he's meant to be younger than Eddie Redmayne. I think he's meant to be like eighteen. Oh, right, the character. Yeah. Oh, because, uh, just because he has yeah. all these young he's, ideas. Yeah, he's young and idealistic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah, foolish. It's always probably. young men that kind of get kind of. I mean, that's why he, he saw Cosette for about forty-five oh, seconds and was that's in love what, with her. That's what you were like with, with me. Uh, yeah. That's what happened. Yeah. That's yeah. It. yeah. Let's yeah. not go there. Yeah. Um, and him and Cosette. Yeah, it's a very Romeo and Juliet, isn't it? They like see each other for like thirty seconds, and they're basically like. Fuck your heart. Yeah, we're gonna fuck. You are so Wow. Wow. And then they write letters. And uh, and then he goes, he meets all his friends who are uh, and he's like, I don't want to be part of this revolution. Red is about passion, black is about so something yeah, else. So he's, he's, I love he's that 18, song. he's idealistic, he's only born after the revolution, he's probably heard about it in history class, and he's like, That's for me, let's do that. And he's mingling with all the poor people, his parents, as I said. When like, was that? I, I don't, don't exactly remember that. Were his parents portrayed by actors? Like there wasn't just yes. mentioned. No. Oh, I don't remember that. And so his parents are like, you're a disgrace to us. Um, he's like, I don't care, I'm a revolutionary. But do, do you not feel... Sorry, go on, are you finished? So 
after meeting Cosette, and so he, <laughs> the this is yeah, the uh, himself and all his buddies are sitting in a room and they're planning, uh, you know, to block the streets of Paris and fight against the man and stick it to the man, stick it to the man, and you know they're socialists, uh, I suppose, and they're they're see all these poor people and the state's not doing anything for them, etc. So they decide to destroy all the poor people's homes and get all furniture on I the street. I don't understand that, but that's just <laughs> part of that bit. It's a means to an end. Yeah. And then he goes to he goes he goes in for a meeting and he's like, lads, met a girl. T- turns out, uh, and, uh, don't really want to die. So I haven't got I the shift yet. Her. I want to get the ride. She's the. You don't understand how hot she is, lads. Yeah, she's real hot. She's you one for Mean Girls. Amanda Siegfried, yeah. yeah. Siegfried. She was in Mamma Mia. She played Meryl Streep's daughter. Let's not talk about that. Probably one of the better parts of that. And he's like, and so they're all saying, what? What are you talking about? Don't be so selfish. We are revolutionaries and all this kind of stuff. And then they have that great song, Red and Black. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then she moves away. So he's like, all right, so. Yeah. <laughs> In the meantime, he's so Jack fickle. Jackman moves them off somewhere else because Javert has found them. And he's like, oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Better, so better this, do this so. yeah, this is going back to Hugh Jackman a little bit. Um, Hugh Jackman never reveals his identity to any of them, or to Eddie Redmond. Eddie Redmond doesn't know that he's Cosette's dad. He does, of course. When he co- approaches him? No, not when he approaches him. So, Eddie Redmond's gone to, he's at the Revolutionary, yeah. he's at the blockade. Yeah. Realizes, uh, Hugh Jackman's after realizing that there's this guy that fancies the arse of his daughter. <laughs> he's like, this guy fancies my daughter. I must risk everything yes. to save her, because God knows she'll never meet another one. Yeah. And because I might, I'm, I'm going to be old and die and stuff. And she can't. I know that I'm going. I'm going clearly. to die in about three more days because because that's that's, that's what the script says. <laughs> so she can't look after herself. Yeah. So I need to find another man. And this fickle revolutionary is probably the right man for her because he thinks she's a hot. And she obviously loves, well, thinks she he's thinks hot. she's hot too. Yeah. She likes that his lips blend into his face <laughs> and his hair, even and though he sings at her. Like, even though his, <laughs> even though, <laughs> even his face um, and his colouring looks like a, a man of the time. His hair is remarkably modern. Yeah. <laughs> what a lovely quip! <laughs> it's almost like it's got modern product in it. <laughs> Wella. So, Wella. I don't know. We have well upstairs. I don't. I'm not into that stuff. I don't know. Whatever. Brill cream. I don't know. Go on. Tell us about uh, what you were going to say. So they're at the blockade. Well, I don't know. I've forgotten what I was going to say now. They're at the blockade. Oh, yeah. He turns up. You were like, does he know he's your dad? Yes. Uh, does he interview? He turns up. No, he turns up to the blockade. They give him Gelbert. Yeah. He goes, you're grand. Yeah. Let you go. You're yeah. Off you go. Bang, bang in the air. He doesn't say anything to your man. And then he sings his song. Bring him home. Um, oh, no, that's Eddie Redmayne. Sorry. That I was doing the impression of. So during the battle, Eddie Redmayne gets shot. Did he get shot? Yeah. He does get shot. He got shot and he's unconscious, but it's not. But basically, Jalbert fucks off and joins back with his. Um, but but, but just rewind him back a bit. John. Hugh Jackman. John Van John. John Van John doesn't tell Marius, Eddie Redmayne. No. Who he is. Not at that point, no. Why? 
don't know. That that seemed a bit contrived. That it was. I felt like the. Tw- well, maybe, okay. Well, yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll. I'll come to that when we talk about the the conclusion. Because okay, we're building up to it. So, yeah, the the, the revolution gets slaughtered. Essentially, it's, it's not even a revolution. The the people of Paris don't no, want it. There's about six of them. Don't want it at all. Shooting away. Yeah. And all these poor people, poor fuckers, have thrown out all their chairs. They don't even. <laughs> they don't have a choice. Yeah, when the the armies come, they won't let them into the house to escape. They're like, no, you ruined me. That's yeah. you know how much it took That's me to. That was me dresser. Yeah. My grandfather gave me that. Years to, to build yeah, yeah. Now I have to cook the dinner on the counter, not on the table. Um. <laughs> That's no Eddie Redmayne gets shot. I had some wine at this stage. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is a bit longer than normal. Oh, you know. It's as long as they miss. We're nearly at two hours. <laughs> let's, yeah. let's wrap this baby up. <laughs> um, We're telling it in real time. He takes, he takes, he, he saves, Rafa, he, he saves uh, Marius. He saves Eddie Redmayne. He pulls him out into a sewer and saves him. And fixes him up in hospital and whatever, and he's br- he brings him home, bring him home to his parents' house, and his parents are like, "Thanks very much, we do love him. We thought he was a bit of a gobshite, but he's all right." He brings Cosette to him. They go, oh, "Oh, let's get married." Then he reveals his whole history about him stealing bread and all the rest of it, and being going to prison to Marius. Yeah, which he's never told Cosette. Yeah, that's another thing. Like, why are you telling this random young lad and not telling your What's own daughter? Also, did, does she not remember them running away from some people when she was ten? It was only eight years ago. Like, she wasn't a baby. Actually, they ran away when he was like eighteen. He was like, "We have, we got to well, go." That's true. Yeah. So she, she, she was just like, "Okay." Well, he, he, do, he does talk to her about it. He says, "He says, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll tell you someday." I'll, no, um, well, I'll tell your boyfriend but someday, but I don't and he can tell you. I don't understand. He tells Eddie Redmayne, and it's not that bad. He stole a bit of bread, yeah. and Eddie Redmayne's like, "Oh, Roger, I can never tell Cosette. Jesus, fuck <laughs> 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 yeah, <laughs> stole a bit of bread." Uh, uh, yeah, I shot some soldiers just <laughs> doing what they're trying to do. <laughs> yeah, I started an uprising and a revolution. Yeah. and you stole a bit of bread. Fuck yeah, you know. not pausing it, but I love Eddie Redmayne's song, "Empty Chairs and Empty." Tables. It's oh, when stunning. It goes back it's a beautiful the, yeah, song. No, that's fantastic. Yeah. yeah, that's that's a lovely song. Sorry. So that's that's a song where he's, he's like uh, he's got survivors guilt. Got survivors guilt exactly. Um, and then at the end, Hugh Jackman fucks off. They get married, and in the same scene, and the bottom Carter and Sacha Baron Cohen is in the monastery or something. And they're not very upset about their own daughter dying. No, neither is Eddie Redmayne for that matter. And they're like, oh, cheers. And they go and see him in the monastery. And that's it. And then, then he dies. Why, and why is, uh, why, why, uh, why is Hugh Jackman dying? Has he got sepsis from all the shit? Because <laughs> he was in the sewer. Um, I feel like I Eddie Redmayne should have an infection. He was shot and then went, was dragged yeah. through a sewer. But anyway, whatever. Why, why does he die? I don't know. It, it He's kind of old age. I feel like, like this film, or this story... They, it just kind of decides people have to die at some stage. Like, I, if, uh, yeah, it doesn't seem like it's okay. You now I've got, I've got, for some reason, explained. I have three days to live. Yeah. So therefore, I'm gonna. I'm gonna like, I mean, leave. to drag someone through a sewer, you know, and on your back, that's quite a task. I mean, so I imagine he's quite a healthy man. He's been constantly talked about how strong he is. 
I just don't know if necessarily the timeline is entirely clear. So is it meant to be that like this happens a few years later? He maybe. runs away. From, yeah, because his yeah. hair is white, isn't it? At the yeah, end, yeah, he's yeah. kind of looking old and stuff. So okay. maybe they got married a couple of years later or something. And yeah, it could be one of these Shakespearean things as well, where he felt his entire life's mission became looking after Cosette and when and, and when he had done that it was a bit like Fantine as well once she found Hugh Jackman to take over the role she then could let herself die and once he found so this <laughs> entire film is about finding someone to take care of Cosette because heaven forbid <laughs> the young lass can take care of herself uh, we're at the end here but we haven't talked about Amanda Siegfried I've not much to say though She's perfectly fine. She actually it's has a, a very tiny, small role. Tiny role. Tiny she doesn't role. even have a solo. Her child yeah. version has a solo. Yeah. And she has she actually has a great voice. I think she's one of the better voices. She harmonizes with Eddie Redmayne and she hits these really, really high notes and I think she's a nice voice. It's actually a nothing role really. I mean she she's one of the main characters. She's on screen but she's not doing anything. No. And she's as passive as I they mean, come. Nothing to talk about really. No, oh, that's it. There you go. She gets, she gets married off, that's favorite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's so our, that's, um, that's that's Miz. That's Les Miz. On the scale of our list. Yeah. Well. 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 Can we just briefly talk about the director? Because we just talked about the cast. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this director, Tom Hooper. Tom Hooper, and I. Th- one of the thing, if you look at his, he hasn't directed that many things. But if you look at what he has directed, oh, the Danish girl. Yeah, he's kind of an Oscar darling, and he he's done an episode the of King's Speech. Yeah, but if you look at the first thing that he's credited for, oh, it's uh, it's Baco Grove. Baco Grove. Baco Grove. And then he did EastEnders, The Mitchells, Naked Truths, which sounds like a kind of a bear porno. <laughs> With like the Grant Brothers. But I think it's just like one of these kind of. Um, Specials where they do like an hour and where they just do two characters hashing it out, yeah. um, and then it goes to like so. Then then he did like Cold Feet, which is like a bit more highbrow drama, and then he did kind of a few TV things. He did Elizabeth the First with Helen Mirren, and then he got the King's Speech, which he won. And he's directed Cats. Yes, the new Cats. The new Cats, which I which I don't think which looks, looks a bit weird. But yeah, he also did two episodes of his Dark Materials, so he's kind of um. He's not a very prolific director. He's done some big, no, hit, big ones. He's won Oscars, isn't he? Well, he's, uh, he's yeah, got nominated. He's won an Oscar for directing in the King's Speech. Did he win Best Director for that? Uh, best Achievement in Directing. Yeah. Oh, well done. So he has an Oscar. Oh, uh, I don't think he was actually King only nominated for the Golden Globe in the same category. For it, for it. Um, uh, how do you think this is? Um, uh, how do you think this film is directed? Well. I don't know if is it is it very close to the stage almost identical identical to the stage so then you can't really blame any of those kind of story no you can't no on him no I actually think if Although I you could well there is an argument to say that um, you should make it the film rather if you find these kind of bits you maybe you can fix them up or whatever but anyway well I don't even think you can blame the musical these are the, the, these are problems with the book then these little, unless no, they're explained in the book there are problems with the adaptation well like if we see in a plot hole maybe that's a plot hole of the book but maybe that maybe I feel like the book has more time to kind of massage them out and explain things that the, the musical just doesn't like it's a long film as is I as I, I feel like <laughs> I feel like this musical if you were a really big fan of the musical on stage, you would like this film. I feel like it's quite loyal. I feel like it's quite... 
it doesn't it doesn't deviate too much um, I feel like it's very respectful of the material well I haven't seen it so I, I would agree no but I've so seen I have yeah. and I'm just saying that like I, I feel like it's a very I feel like this is as oh, I think it's directed well then yeah uh, do you know what really annoyed me do you know the first scene when they're uh, when they're bringing the ship in? Yeah. First of all, not really sure what they're doing. Yeah, not really sure what they were doing. Either. It looked, kind of looked like the sick the the ship. Maybe the sh- it seemed like to me that the ship had maybe suffered damage and was kind of sinking, and they were dragging it in to okay. fix it. If that's the case, you wouldn't just grab a rope and pull a bit and then grab a front bit. You would just grab it and walk backwards. It really annoyed me that they were grabbing the rope and pulling it back, and then grabbing another bit forward and pulling it back. That's not how that would work. Well, there was big long lines of them. They couldn't all walk backwards. Why couldn't they? Because eventually they'd hit the wall. Well, then they're all pulling on the rope, well, and then they're all grabbing. Well, the then you start wrapping the rope around and stuff. You don't just keep. That doesn't work. That'll hurt your hands. I think that's how you would do it. Okay, Mister. I pulled a ship in by my bare hands into port. I worked. Doesn't work. I spend lots of summers on the sand with my grandfather, and I have much more experience with boats than you. That is true. I can't deny that. Did you ever do what they did? I would have tied boats to to. to <laughs> I would have tied a knot in my time. No, no, not tied. No, you don't tie knots, Connor, because then if the the water goes up or down, then they're stuck. So what you do, Connor, is you wrap it around the pillars, so right. that if the water goes up and down, it can it can move with the the depth of the water I'll explain off this is boring I'll explain off Mike because oh, it's, it's complicated you've got that look on your face which is uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about um, we talked about director uh, we talked about the music we talked about the cast what are the things and uh, overall enjoyment cinematography cinematography well let's have a look like, I, it's, it's a nice looking film I don't, I don't think it was I don't think it a lot of the songs just were just in someone's face it wasn't like it wasn't as fast as Oliver. Like France was in turmoil with revolutionary and all that no, kind of stuff. Sure. No, I didn't. Um, there was the, the song. Was it when they were red and black? I can't remember. But they were singing, and there was marches of people with the red flags and that kind of, and the the, the French flag. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, there was that scene with the kind of the, the wall of kind of timber yeah. as well. Yeah. That was the only time you kind of felt there was a scale to this kind of thing. Yeah, well, I know what you mean. It was quite small in scale, quite generally. Insular. It was quite insular, yeah. yeah. Like, even compared to Oliver, which is 40 years previous, I felt like that was a bigger, like, you know... Production. Yeah, it was a bigger production. Um, will we look at our little list? I don't little list. Don't, don't patronise the list. Well, there's only, like, six films on, is there? <laughs> is there seventh? Silver Screamer, Silver Screamer. I just go to our website, www. If you Google Silver Screamers, unfortunately, it doesn't bring you to. <laughs> That's not we need to get some Google Analytics or something. I was only meant to have one. Domain. <laughs> Unavailable. <laughs> we can't find it on the website. Uh-oh. <laughs> Do we not pay our fee for the year? I should I got an email there. Okay, well, we've just found out that our website is down. <laughs> Which is depressing. No way. We'll have to talk to. We'll uh, have to talk to our IT consultant. Yes. Well, okay. Well, okay. I I think I know. Number one is. I have our list here. Oh. Do you? Okay. So, number one on our list, still, Harold and Maud. Okay. 
Number two is Oliver. Okay. Number three is Donnie Darko. Okay. Number four is Flatliners. Okay. Number five is Escape from New York. Okay. Number six is Nine. Let me just look at the list. I think I have. I think I have two spots that I would put. Okay. In. I would probably put it. Uh, I think. Har- I think I preferred Harold Maud. Mm-hmm. I think I preferred Oliver. Mm-hmm. I would put it probably between. I might move Flatliners and Escape from New York and Nine down. Would I move Donny Darko down? It's either three or four. Three or four. I would say four. So I didn't really. S- I didn't really say this in, in our review, but I feel like this is a film that I really admire. But I don't know if I enjoyed it constantly, and there were definitely times where I got a bit bored. Oh, bored. Yeah, that's strong. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, like, I kind of was like, all right. And the it is dragged out a bit. I mean, it's yeah. a, for a story that could be condensed, I'd say you could get a half an hour off this. Ah, no, I don't I don't actually think... That. I, that's not my issue in the story. My issue is, even though there's some fabulous songs, there is an awful lot of... And... It's tuneless. of this podcast is just you making noise. Tuneless bits of of of, of, of like pseudo dialogue um, that I didn't really care for. So I okay. So let's so let's look at the, if we're comparing it to Danny Darko. Okay, let's okay. Let's talk performances. Performances, Les Mis, or performances, Danny Darko. I think this is better. Performances. Yes, yeah, I would agree. Music, Danny Darko, or this, which is better? Uh, this. It's a great soundtrack to that. I think there's better songs in this. What do you mean better songs? The whole thing's a song. Yeah, but there's songs in Danny Arco I love too, and there's no songs on that I don't like, and there's lots of stuff in this that I couldn't care less. But that's a soundtrack. It's not like... But we're, we're looking at music. That's like a soundtrack that you can put to people acting. Yeah, this okay. Musical. Okay, fine, fine, fine. Okay, the music for this is better. Okay. Um, Cinematography and general direction. It was better than Danny. I think this is better. General enjoyment was definitely better than Danny Darko. I would think so too. I think it's beaten Danny Darko. I think you think this is beaten Danny Darko. Yeah. I just thought I felt Danny Darko was more enjoyable. And you said I thought you just said that Les Mis is more. No, I think I said I think Danny Darko was more enjoyable. All right. I think this is the first time we've kind of disagreed. Mm. Our list is getting slightly less short. Well, do you not think Danny Darko had kind of more intrigue and I was like... Oh, definitely more mystery about it and sort of... Oh, yeah, if, if here. like, in, like, six months' time, if someone says, oh, look, there's two films on and you have to watch one, one's Danny, one's name is... I'd watch Danny. I probably would too, but probably only because uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's in it. But like, think Gyllenhaal. of like the moments of Donnie that we like, like like um, that wonderful Rose. What's her face? Where she's like, sometimes I question your commitment to spark emotion, and that amazing notorious moment. And I think the hot, uh, uh, there's nothing in this, and name is that I was like, oh my god, that was amazing. Anne Hathaway. Apart from that, <laughs> <laughs> but. I thought her performance was amazing, but I didn't like. I didn't find it like fabulous. I just found it like a really good, solid, solid performance. 
If somebody said in six months' time, do you want to watch either of them again? I'd probably go with Lame Is, to be honest, because I've only seen it once, whereas I've seen Donnie Darko lots of times. Um, and I have to watch Donnie Darko lots of times because I didn't really understand what was going on the first couple of times. Okay. Um, okay. okay. Okay, well, I suppose. Can we flip a coin for it? No, 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 no. We have to decide. We can't, flip, we can't just leave our list. But if you're at a three and I, I. If I'm at a three and you're at a four. Well. Uh, to be fair, I think this. We can both just dig our heels in and go. Now, no, well, that's that's no. We have to come to a. That's the whole point. We can't just flip a coin. Then the list doesn't mean anything. Um, I think you can flip a coin if it's like a three and a four. No, you can't flip a coin. I disagree. Um, I think I think I, I can concede because I think. Les Mis is a more grander film on a bigger scale and if you're to look at other things as well in terms of like the costume design and the I, and Oscars I've won yeah, like Oscars and yeah. stuff eight nominations yeah yeah okay yeah that's fair okay okay that's a hype oh, so it's three so it's only been beaten by Oliver and Harold and Maud and everything else is bumped so now 9 is number 6 on our list 7 oh, on our thank list thank god 6 on our list we've done, be number nine we've done 7 we've done if we keep doing this podcast uh, for years and years and years that'll no. be number 900 that'll, that's, oh. staying, that's staying down there I have a few interesting genres that might make you squirm don't forget 9 is our <laughs> we have 22 listeners <laughs> to 9 um, so there you go uh, at normally at this stage we would do we would t- tell you what we're going to pick and we'd roll the dice but great because this podcast is about eight days long um we've already picked we're doing next we're doing the no we're doing fiddler on the roof and it'll be the last musical and both of us have to come prepared with another genre and a film in that genre so start thinking now yes and Mm -hmm. we are going to have a guest yeah we're gonna have a guest a guest podcaster yeah to talk about fiddler on the roof if she doesn't flake out we'll see good she better not and you know you who you are. If you um, so that's all we got time for. So oh, we never talked about the Bechdel test, but uh, it does, it passed it. I'm sure. Yeah, we've talked about it. we've talked about this film for like a hundred hours. Does it pass? I actually don't think it does. I th- I don't think it does. Does it might from like does does Helena Bon Carter talk to Cosette, the little girl, about cleaning <laughs> cleaning up? She's like, go out there. I'm not going to ask you again. Yes, she does. Is that does that pass it? I mean, yes, but it's, it's not very. It's about cleaning, <laughs> <laughs> and I think the the other girls talk about Anne Hathaway, and do they talk to her about like her daughter? All the girls in the factory, but then they run over to a man and say she's got a note. I think it does pass. It might pass. I think it passes not a, not by the skin way. of its teeth, and not in a very, not a very progressive progressive way. way. And actually. If you think about it, like Cosette is kind of the, the 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 thread that goes through the entire film. It's all about how who can look after her, which isn't very progressive. So I don't think it is a very it wasn't a very progressive time. In fairness, well, it was progressive in terms of like it, it portrayed lovely ladies. I guess it has the lovely lady saying, "Can I have your hair? Can I have your teeth?" That's not about men either, but also not very nice. Um, it's progressive in terms of it portrays like sex workers as very sympathetic wholesome character people um, and that it also portrays them as uh, teeth robbing hair robbing well, they weren't uh, the, they were the teeth robbing the teeth and the hair they were just that was like a wig maker hair robbing was a, a lovely lady wasn't it no she, that was she was like a wig maker why would it well it was another woman stealing another woman's hair I mean Jesus still she didn't steal it she bought it 
That's for a very fair, fair price, I'm sure. Well, no, yeah, no, I know. Yeah, yeah, okay. Anyway, there we go. So it's not okay. So far, uh, even though it's it's three, it's not it, it's it's not very progressive. Even though not completely unprogressive. I think for its time when it was written, it it was progressive, but now it's not. Well, that's okay, th- that's true. Lots of movies we're going to watch. It doesn't uh, like being progressive doesn't necessarily mean the movie's going to be brilliant or rubbish or you know. So no, but it's just another lens to look at it. It's okay. All right, we'll leave it at there. Oh, I'm exhausted. Oh, Jesus Christ! It's about three o'clock in the morning. No, it's not. It's not. Okay. Okay. Right. Well, thanks for listening, lads. Uh, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, you know what? Once yeah. we publish this, I think we will. I think we will. This is our seventh podcast. We have eighth, including the introduction. I think we have enough now to put online that we can show to people. What do you think? We'll try. We'll see. Once we get our website back. All right. Later, lads. All right. Red, the color of my hair. Black, right, yeah. the color of your pubes. <laughs> That's. That's going to be edited. That's disgusting. Okay, bye.